The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 49 of the MX Vice podcast show. I'm James Burfield, and on the line with me is MX Vice editor, Lewis Phillips. No Rob from Jukebox Beats in the studio today. He's unwell. Um, he needs to, to take those two uh, paracetamols and get itself better. So um, here we are, fresh from Lommel, which feels like an age ago. Did you enjoy Lommel, Lewis? Um, yeah, I always enjoy MXGP. Thanks for bringing me in with a weird question like that. <laughs> like talking to my man. The podcast show is brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko York, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, and Talon Engineering. First part of the show is brought to you by Fly Racing, who have redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation in ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. As always, thank you so much to all those sponsors. Uh, thank you to Fly for coming on board. And uh, it just keeps getting better with these guys because uh, we've got a pretty good uh, competition this week, hey, Lewis? Yeah, we have. Um, do you want me to talk about that or are you good to talk about that? No, I want you to talk about it. Oh, okay, I thought you meant, no, you were going to talk about it. Um, yeah, we're giving away a Fly Formula Helmet, which obviously we've um, banged on about how incredible it is for quite a while now. Obviously, a lot of research and work and time went into uh, taking such a big step forward with Fly. So now we've gone on about it long enough. We've explained the gains and improvements that they made. And now someone can actually try it for themselves. So. Later in the show, we've got, um, we'll do a little bit, a little competition that you will be able to enter by email. So people will have time telling people that now, get ready. Um, and yeah, we're giving away a Fly Formula helmet. So pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah, it's great news. Uh, huge thanks to uh, Fly for coming on board. So we've uh, we've learned a lot about the last uh, about this season over the last week haven't we at Lommel it's oh, yeah. um, we've learned that it's over yeah well we've got what three rounds left now yeah but it's just it's more of a um what would you call it what would you call it what's the word more of a box ticking exercise at yeah. this point because the title fights are over but we did um we did come across one 
crazy thing which could throw uh, a bit of a spanner in the works. So I can imagine there's a lot of riders, a lot of teams, uh, especially kind of Red Bull uh, and HRC who are literally, do you, do you reckon they've got them in in like a sort of like a, a tent? I can imagine like off of ET where they've got both riders in in two separate tents, making sure that COVID doesn't go anywhere near them. Because after what's happened to Prado, yeah, regarding what's happened to Prado, I mean, there's got to be some very, very nervous people from from Red Bull and um, HRC at the moment. Yeah, it's weird because Prado is like a massive wake-up call to everyone. And yet, I still don't feel like it's really like, I feel like Geyser and everyone, like I feel like that can't, I don't know what, I just feel as though I'm not taking the Prado situation as seriously as I should be, maybe, in my head. Like, because there is a very real shot. Like, there's nothing, you can't control it. Maybe a title contender does get it before Trentino. But for some reason, I feel like the chances of that are still unlikely. I don't know. It's... But the Prado situation is, it is big. Like, it's a huge statement from all angles because I had riders um, texting me on, because, like, what, the, uh, the announcement came out Friday night. Um, and there was kind of rumblings of it in the paddock on Friday daytime, but at that point, all that was all that I knew was that he had tested negative at the actual track um, test centre. So effectively, now uh, at these at these oh, I just bit my lip at these triple headers, we're in um, the country for ten days. We have to get a test done two days before we travel to the country. So, like, I would get the test done in the UK, and then. When we arrive, we have to show that negative result to collect our pass. And then once we have our pass, we immediately have to go into the trackside test centre for another test. And then after that's negative, you're allowed obviously in the track. And then halfway through the week, so five to seven days after you have um, arrived, essentially, you have to have a second test for COVID. And that is the one that Prado failed. So... That rumour got around Friday daytime, but then I just heard that he'd gone to Antwerp, I think it was, for a second test, which is kind of the, I feel like everyone in a serious position has kind of done that, haven't they? Like they test negative and they immediately go and get a second opinion or whatever. Yeah, um, just in case. I, yeah, I guess that what if he did have an extra test or however many tests he had, I'm guessing it all came back as positive because you know that I would imagine that KTM and Prado exhausted every option possible to get him out there. And it clearly was a very positive situation for COVID. Um, the strange thing was uh, that nobody else in the team did test positive. Yeah, but it's not, it's not strange, is it? Like, it's not strange. Because if it really was that kind of chain reaction, and I don't, like, I ain't no scientist, but if it really was that kind of train, chain reaction, then there would be no escaping it and the entire world would be positive, wouldn't it? Because if it was just an automatic chain reaction of you come into contact with someone, someone, someone's like, it would just spread like wildfire. So it's, that's no biggie to me. But this is the thing which I think makes it a little bit scary is the fact that, that there was no way of, of tracing it to, to how we got it. There's been no talk about that. So if, if, it's, if it's that easy or, or, you know, easy, hard or whatever, that there's... There's a variable here which could, you know, could suggest that this could happen to anybody. The, um, the thing with Prado is 
everyone kind of was going on social media and going, I can't believe he's going to lose the title like this. Okay, yeah, he had a shot, but it wasn't like he was right in the thick of this thing. So, first of all, calm down on that. Uh, but the interesting thing is he... Uh, yeah, I don't, he still has a... If he comes back for all three Trentinos, he has a realistic shot still at second in the championship. But if he loses second in the championship because of this, that's, a, that's still a big money loss Huge. as far as bonuses and stuff. Well, can you imagine? I'm guessing, I'm guessing there's a, you know, within his contract, there, there's a certain amount of money he would get for second in the championship. Oh, yeah, obviously, there would be with every gear, Niels, Red Bull, KTM. He, like, he would 100% have a bonus for second in the championship. So it's, it's, it, I just think that, um, you know, I, I can imagine there's a few people now who you can only control so much, so many things in your life. And the fact that Tim and um, uh, Crikey, uh, Tom have, have, have got to go to Tim and Tom. Oh, nice. Um, Tim and Tom have got to go to. Sorry? It's like Bill and Ben. Bill and Ben, Tim and Tom. So Tim and Tom's got to go to uh, Italy. They've got to navigate, obviously, the travel. I mean, are they going to get to a point where they're going to drive there instead of going? You know, on a plane, you're just you're taking it. You're taking it a bit far now. Like I don't, I don't think I am because when you actually think that testing positive could lose you a world championship. Yeah, but you like you like it is what it is at the end of the day, and it like you can like it's not in my mind. It's no different from you can crash at a random practice track on a random Tuesday. Like it's no different to this. You could catch it at a random place on a random Wednesday. Like you, you can't. Like you could. You could, like, if you start going that deep into it, um, if you were Tim, you could go, okay, we're going to drive to Italy just to be safe. You could go into a petrol station and catch it, and then had you flown, you like, so there's, you're just playing a game of um, ifs and buts at that point. Well, it is a game of chance in a moment. That's the problem. You can, I mean, we, we've seen ourselves, people have, have done everything they can to, you know, prevent themselves from getting COVID and get it. All I'm saying is that, you know, with the, the, even though it's over, it's not over because there could be this one little variable called COVID. They all be fine. So that was obviously the shocking news from from Lommel, um, and I think it's it's got everybody kind of you know thinking about like the seriousness. Well, it's got you thinking about it clearly. Well, it has because you can plan for everything, but you can't plan for that. So. But both riders are obviously going into um, Italy with with big points deficits. Well, in, it, obviously the, for second, it's not yeah, looking too good. Yeah. yeah, it's over. It's over. Championship's over. Congrats to them both. Um, I look forward to title celebrations on Wednesday. Maybe they, you know, what wouldn't even be surprising if one of them somehow gains enough points to get it done on the first Sunday or this coming Sunday. What What do you think about the people who? Uh, the, the contenders up to a sort of, you know, about a month ago or say three weeks ago, you know, how, how would it, how are the, how has it slipped away so bad for the contenders? Uh, yeah, but you even putting it that way is doing a discredit to Geyser because it hasn't, it's not, if this is Geyser's points lead, isn't a case of the contenders screwing up. It's a case of Geyser really putting the hammer down. Like, no. Yeah, Geyser, I'm, Geyser, I'm not I saying that they have a Geyser as I was in Lobo. 
I, I've got to be honest, my whole, after watching Geyser at Lommel for two rounds, my whole mindset's completely changed over him. Just, just, I'm he, actually, he, um, I'm actually he's just gone up another level. So Sorry? I'm actually confused how it was so close because, like, Geyser has kind of, Geyser was this good at the start of the year. Geyser was never terrible in the middle of the year. So how was it so close? Like, I kind of feel like this has always been the case. Did we not all, like, once Herlins was out, was Geyser always the best rider in the class? I kind of now feel like he was, but then is that just recency bias? No, I think what happened, if it, I think what happened, if you look at like Latvia, where he 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 had he scored zero points in two of the rounds, um, he then within Italy he he would have, a, a, you know, something would happen in the in the first one or a mediocre ride, and in the second one, you know, he'd get the win. So there was there was this inconsistency in the middle part of the season, but literally from the last round from Italy onwards, he's just blitzed it. Well, let's be honest. Well, if this no, not let's be honest. This is a scary thing. He's had two bike. Actually, no, one of them was a qualifying race. Still, he's had one bike malfunction in a points paying moto this season. Given those points as well now, and yeah, it, that's it's actually quite sad in my mind because last year we ended up in a really, um, I don't want to say boring place, but we ended up in a we ended up with a really lackluster. MXGP class because injuries decimated it. Guys, it was miles ahead. And I don't really understand how, but we've kind of ended up with that exact situation again, which is like, I didn't, I didn't want this. I didn't want this again where it was just a foregone conclusion. And we were on something good. So I don't know. I'm sad. The interesting thing, let's rewind back to uh, February this year. Uh, yourself and me, we were convinced it was going to be an orange, you know, complete lockout of the podium. You know, with with Hurlins dominating, Prado coming through, Caroli still being there. You know, and, and KTM have got to be looking at this and thinking, how do we get this wrong? We had three strong riders um, who could all challenge, and you know, fair play to Honda and into Tim because they they have been kind of relentless through you know the last five six rounds. This is the thing, though. I don't think anyone. I, I think the majority picked a KTM rider to win this title. And I don't think anyone was wrong in doing that for two reasons. One, Hurlins was 60 points ahead after five rounds or whatever it was. So, like, again, I've said it a few times, you have to at least acknowledge what Hurlins was doing, I think, like doing this right. And second of all, I don't think the Geyser of 2019 would be this far ahead. Geyser is so much better than he was last year. So I think. Pre-season, when everyone was making the judgments of maybe um, Hurlings, Crowley, Prado will have the edge on Geyser, I don't think that was necessarily wrong because with the data that we had at that point. But I feel like now that we've seen what this better Geyser is, and I still don't really understand where this has come from, I think the bike has something to do with it. Looking at Lommel especially, I, I, you know what, that's the thing. Is he even better than on Harpak than he was last year? I'm not even sure about that. I think he's just better in the sand it's recency bias because he was so good at Lommel and shocked so many people that now we're just like well guys is the best thing on earth so that's it it's just recency bias right now because I can't get his rides at Lommel out of my head yeah I I, um... I don't know if I necessarily pick Geyser for the title next year either like I don't know 
I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. But this is the thing. Like we, we kind of at the start of this year. Uh, I'm speaking more, more, you know, more so me. But I, I didn't have him as a championship contender, even though he'd won a world championship. Now I've got, I'd be stupid to think that this geyser now cannot win the, the championship next year. Because even if Hurlins was back, I think it would be very, very close. Well, a lot of, well, as a fair few people have said it, but one person specifically who said it where you've got to sit up and take notice, uh, Sua said on Sunday night that he honestly believes that Hurlins would have had trouble with that geyser at Lommel. Yeah. And Sewer's no idiot. Like, if he says that, you've got to take note of it. I don't, I don't know. God, it's, it's so hard because you're just talking hypothetically. Geyser was so good. The, but it's, one thing, you can imagine how someone could be like, uh, say, two seconds like faster than that. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a headache. I'm, I'm, my head hurts. We we spoke about it on on last week's show, and uh, there was not many riders that were going forward and and looked like they were going forward at that type of pace. But Geyser was one of them. You know, Ben Watson we spoke about before had her able to come come through the pack, um, and and not only come through the pack, but at some points um, over the two GPS, he was taking two to three seconds off of second, third, and fourth to close down. That's incredible. Well, this is the thing. Sue has said that after Geyser crashed in that second moto on Sunday, first of all, Geyser went past him and he genuinely had no idea where he came from. And then Geyser went around him and uh, Sue thought to himself, right, I'll see what he's doing, like check out some lines and I'll go with him a little bit. And he said after three corners, he couldn't see him anymore. And he still doesn't really understand where the hell he went. So... That isn't normal for guys that in the sand. A, a track like Trentino, yeah, I can believe it all day long. That is not normal for guys that are in the sand. And yeah. if he brings that, in, if A gets momentum and brings that into next year, positive. If he builds on it, then I genuinely don't know how next year plays out. It's, it's confusing. The state of the MXGP class at the moment is a bit of a head fuck because. With the amount of injury, like, I, th- I said it last year, I don't feel like last year we could have made a serious uh, judgment call off of what happened last year because there were so many injuries. Now I'm in the same place this year almost because uh, Prado, came in beho- under the- Prado came in behind the eight ball both times at the start of the proper season and at the start of the corona season. Um, so I don't know what he does fully healthy and with a full-off season and all of that. I genuinely don't know. Hurlins has missed a lot of races in the last two years. So again, I don't really know where I put him in all of this. Then, so like, I still feel like I'm in the dark a little bit. Yeah. Um, another person who, you know, I think is, is gone a little bit under the radar with, um, you know, with the, the, the fans and stuff like that is, uh, is February. Well, toot toot. Um, I interviewed Fevre in lockdown. So after two rounds, obviously he missed the first two rounds. So at that point he had zero points to his name. And I said to him, oh, um, obviously you're not in the championship fight anymore because you've missed the first two rounds. But like 
other riders have, in your situation have missed two rounds and then come back and still fought for top five in a championship. So that's got to be a good goal for you to have. And he kind of huffed and was like, no, there's no chance I'm getting top five in a championship. Well, 2-2. Two, two. Um, I was right. The um, missing those two rounds obviously has been obviously you know quite detrimental to his points tally. But even if you gave him a couple of thirds and fourths, he would be he would be not that far behind Geyser. I mean, that's Look, that gives just, you an indication of how well he's riding. I gave you those points a few weeks ago. If you give him a ninth in each of those motos, but he missed, which is a total of uh, ninth, 12, 12, 12, 48 points, that changes everything. That puts yeah, him second. Yeah, which is not... I don't think anyone takes Fedra that seriously, but I still I do genuinely believe that he is... I've said it a million times. He is the best we have seen him since early 2016. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just watching him round Lommel, um, over the two rounds, just incredible. And again, he's one of those you riders. You keep saying over the two rounds. Well, I was only in Lommel for two and three. I wasn't there for the first one. Okay, I'll allow it. You, you were there for all three. So I can only talk about what I've seen. I'm like, where, I'm, I'm just keep getting like, where are, we, like what, are we just ignoring the third one or the first one? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm ignoring the first one because I watched it on TV. Well, we did that anyway in last week's show. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I, for me, it's just, and I, and I talked about it a little bit on last week's show, but there, there is so much difference in actually being there and watching the GPs and, and just seeing the track conditions. Nothing on TV even comes close. Well, in light um, of that, comes Trentino? No. Well, clearly it didn't resonate with you that much. <laughs> it did but unfortunately uh i have um uh i have taken as much time as i can outside of my family's allocation so well, speaking of people going to trentino um i saw last night that fans have been banned really yeah originally they were going to have a thousand fans at each um each of the trentino rounds and um, Randomly last night, I saw that the track itself um, put up on Facebook that they aren't welcoming fans now. And I don't know if it was um, lost in track. I kind of like didn't know how to take the statement because obviously it's Italian and been translated. But it says, we tried every way, but following the latest DPCM. I don't know what a DPCM is, but it won't be possible to accept to it won't be possible to access the audience to the track for the last world champion world cup and european tests that's obviously a shit translation from google but yeah apparently no fans mxgp uh, in front haven't put anything out yet though so i, I kind of don't really know how seriously i take the track's facebook page which hasn't which has a profile photo of ken dadaika doing a hill clicker so i kind of feel like maybe it isn't the most on the finger on the pulse page in the world but yeah, isn't it? Um, is it Alex Salvini who owns the track? Literally, I cannot help you at all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Really? I think track, yeah. Or his wife's track, something like that. His his wife's track. Why would his wife own the track? I think it's the the family. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Someone told me that. I'm pretty sure it might have been Steve Holcomb, the Enduro guy, Enduro racer. Oh, but yeah, no. So apparently, no fans in Trentino, which means. That 
I don't know, maybe I need to get a smoke bomb ready for the uh, title celebrations just to give everyone a bit of atmosphere. <laughs> I'd like to see that. And knowing you, the probably smoke bomb would probably go off and you'd cause a fire, set yourself on fire, running around, and uh, yeah, that'd be quite It'd interesting. Be hey? It would be a spectacle. <laughs> it would be. Probably the best bit of, uh, the, best bit, best bit of the whole uh, TV programme. Hopefully they'll catch it. Um, so MXGP, it's kind of, you happy that it's done? Guys as world champion? It's over. I don't, I don't, it's, 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 it's so, like, it's so not even a, the title fight so isn't even a thing anymore. But, meh. I like, I guess, I guess a battle for second is something, but, and there is money on the line, but again, I feel like both Crowley and Sue are both, kind of only wanted a title and are they really going to care? Maybe not so much. I don't know. Like, I struggle to find something in the championship standings that's worth watching out for. But still, we have individual races and it'll be all right. Just, we are, like, newsflash, we are in a weak field right now. It's, yeah, it's weaker, but there's still some great riders. Yeah, but we're in a weak field. Like, if you compare it to what we had, we are in a weak field right now. Like, and you know what? I hadn't really noticed until the last Lommel, and I stood in pit lane, and randomly I was just like, where the hell has everyone gone? Like, it just suddenly hit me that there was a lot of people disappeared. Like, well, if you look at it, from MXGP, we've lost Webster, which I know it's an odd one to start with, but bear with me. Uh, Webster, Coldenoff, Jacoby, Evans. Jazakonis, Lupino, who's back this weekend, by the way, Herlins, okay. Ovington, Goal, Simpson, uh, Jonas, Strybos, Laranaga, like a lot of riders. Yeah, so, that's, a, that's a lot of riders. Well, how many did I list there in MXGP? 11, 12? Yeah, I was going to say minimum yeah. of 10. So that knocks a lot of the people who got points at Lommel out, like Leox and the Leox, the Petrovs, the Vanderblists, the like even like not to shit on everyone, but Tixier was ninth in the second moto at Lommel Three. And that's amazing and well done Tixier. But add in those injured riders and the whole results look a lot different. But I think he was higher than that, wasn't he? Wasn't he like eighth, seventh, eighth? I mean, odd that you'd argue over the difference of one position, but no, he was ninth in the second race. Was he? Ever in front of me, yeah. He was also ninth overall, so I thought again he rode well. Yeah, he's all right. Well, no, he, I would say better than all right, but it's up to you. What, however, you want to. I don't know. I'm struggling with this weak field. I'm really struggling. I, I can, I can feel your struggle. Did you want to move on from MXGP? <laughs> no, I have stuff to say. I'm just struggling with the depth of this field. Um, interesting one. So I said last week on the show how Sua was the first rider to kind of speak out about um, how long the season is and how it's beginning to become taxing and blah, blah, blah. Hard to say 100% physically, mentally. Um, I asked him to go in more, more in depth of that on Sunday night. And uh, he said that every week he gets a training schedule program from his trainer. And like the files always called uh, week one, week two, you know, as you do. Um, yeah. And he said, just before we did the interview, he got an email with week 52 training schedule. Wow. And he said that normally 
the last week of the season would be week 40, week 39. Like, so he said that, because he said that, well, it's a reality for everyone. When we're, it's easy now to look back at lockdown and go, wow, we had, what was it? Five months off, four months off. But there were a lot of calendars in that time. And we thought we were going racing in May and we thought we were going racing in June. Like, so all of these riders were staying ready, staying ready, staying ready. And I'd imagine that's now hitting some people hard. Maybe not even physically, but like Sue said, mentally, like to stay in the zone for that long. 52 weeks, yeah. Kick my ass, tell you that much. Yeah, when was the last time you were in the zone for 52 weeks? I'm on week 134, I'll have you know. Really? Is that, is that are we talking gym or are we talking uh, just work? Just life. Just Oh, okay, just life. Life, week 134 without rest. Yeah, but not, not everyone could be like me. I, I don't judge people on the same scale as myself. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah. Before we go any further, I would just like to thank Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Props Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, and Talon Engineering. It's those guys which make this podcast show happen, and we appreciate your support. If you get a chance to check those sites out, check their products out do it. They're the whole reason why we're here. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. 
Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 49 of the MX Vice Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, and Talon Engineering. With an air-oil-separated closed cartridge design that is well-known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC-coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen factory hyphen kit hyphen suspension hyphen info for more information. Speaking of technicaltouch.com KYB factory kit suspension hyphen info, Lewis Phillips. Um, the uh, Wilvo team. Did I like call it Wilvo team? Uh, sorry, the Monster Energy. Yamaha factory. Yamaha, factory Yamaha team. Um, yeah, I got told off for calling it Wilvo at the weekend. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that team. Uh, definitely some changes happening. Uh, are we, is is Paul Land done? Do you think there? Um. Well, the Ben. I was thinking about this earlier. I can now say a lot more because of the Ben thing falling into place. Because that that causes such a chain reaction of stuff. Because the strange Ben really was the silly season rumor this year. Like a lot of talk and stuff hinged on Ben. So now that he's in place, that kind of he was the domino, I feel, that we were waiting to fall. So it's, it is a little rundown for you. Um, so we know that um, Yamaha Factory MXGP, Monster Energy Yamaha Factory MXGP, not Will, though. Uh, definitely we're going to have two riders next year, Sewer and a rider who rhymes with Ben. Um, it was yeah. unknown if they were going to have two or three riders. As uh, It was unknown on Saturday whether they were going to have two or three riders. So this wasn't a grand conspiracy. Like This wasn't a secret that everyone's been sat on for two months. If you'd put Ben and Yamaha and everyone on a lie detector test on Saturday and said, is Ben Watson going to be on the factory team? They all would have said, I don't know. And the lie detector results would have come back as whatever the good thing is, like correct or whatever. I don't know. Um, so... Good analogy. I, well, what do you do? What is the result of a lie detector test? Like if, you're, if you're telling the truth, what, do you get a, I don't really know what the work, like, do you get a green light? Is that positive? Is that, no, I don't really know. <laughs> I generally don't know. I have zero experience with lie detector tests. Please um, So, Ben, there's been these rumours of Ben going to KRT for so long, and like I've, okay, I'm going to go now. I said this a few weeks ago. Not many websites actually go to the races. How many fucking websites have put up lately Ben's going to KRT? Everyone. 
It's never been a thing. Genuinely, hand on my heart, it's never been a thing. Fienza, I got told uh, by someone random, yep, uh, sounds like Ben's signed with KRT. So I went and found Ben and went, oh, what's going on then? And he was like, I genuinely don't know where these rumours have come from. Like, it's not, I love the Yamaha family, um, I bleed blue, blah, blah, blah. So, oh, and those rumours have kept on coming and I've heard it from other riders. Other riders have said to me, yeah, Kawasaki told me it's between me and Ben. And I'm like, uh, well, uh, Ben's like Yamaha family, so congrats on your ride. Um, so, yeah, first of all, that's always, he's always been going to the Yamaha family in some degree, part one. Part two of that story is originally, uh, say beginning of this month, end of September, the best, what's the, the most likely thing to happen would have been Ben basically ending up on the Jacoby deal. So on a 450 on SM action with a factory engine, et cetera, et cetera. That seemed like the most likely thing to happen. Um, then around Spain, I got told that SM action weren't running a 450 next year, which also, see, this is what I mean, a chain reaction. So now I'm like, hmm, well, that makes sense if Ben's going factory and also Jacoby's put out, but he doesn't know what his future holds. So maybe SM action aren't running a 450 next year. although. I was told SM Action was going to be Ben on a 450 and Beniston on a 250. And Beniston's now made a bloody last-minute switch to factory Yamaha. So is that SM Action team even coming back? Yeah, good point. I, I've never spoken to anyone over there because I think they only speak Italian. So I might go over there with a margarita pizza and try to bond. Um, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> What? Just because they're Italian doesn't mean they like pizza. Okay, I'll ask them what food they like. Um, this is probably more food than you. So, anyway. So, that's another element to this. Now that the Covington news is out as well, Lupino's contract's up at Gebbon. I think Vlandering is going back. But I don't know what Gebbon are going to do either. So, now, suddenly the, now that Ben's actually going to the factory team, there's a lot of Yamaha seats in the paddock that need to be filled, strangely. So, this is going long, but the Yamaha thing has been an ongoing thing. And like I say, the Ben move triggers a lot of stuff. So, um, that then leads to the question, does Paul Ann go to a Gebbon? Eh? I can't see it. Paul Ann is a very big believer of himself. <laughs> um, and I can I just can't picture Paul Ann not being on a factory team. I don't think he I think he thinks he's belongs on a factory team. And to his credit, he won a moto a week ago. So can't be really argued that. Um so I've forgotten where I'm going with this story. So are you saying that Paul Ann, you either see him going on a factory team or retiring? I would almost put money right now. And this is I don't know anything. I know we're best friends, but he does not tell me anything. I would put money on him walking away. Wow. That's just a guess. Because do you want to know what as well, reading between the lines? He said somewhere, I will, I will, t I will uh, reveal my plans for 2021 before Italy. And I read that and I was like, hang on. If you'd signed for a, a team, you wouldn't be revealing your plans. That's not up to you. That's, to, that's up to a team. Yeah. You, don't, you don't reveal your plans. So I was like, huh. So what news do you have that you would reveal? 
So I'm kind of putting it. Now that the Ben thing has slotted, because I, in my opinion, I always thought that if Yamaha were going to go to three riders, it was going to be between Paul Ann and Ben. That's kind of what I put. So do you yeah, think that Paul Ann was told, you will find out before um, Italy, you know, whether we're going to run the third rider or not and whether it's you? No, no, no. I don't think that at all. Um, maybe Paul Ann might have never been in the picture there because I, I don't Maybe he wasn't in the picture for a third ride. I just kind of guessed um, that one. So... Well, yeah. Siri's actually just tried to answer that question for me. Mm. And it's come back on again. This is kind oh, of... I do need to say, and I've said a lot about this now, but I need to say it. Um, Yamaha putting Ben on the factory team is the right thing to do for so many reasons. So many reasons. Well, tell us those reasons, because pe- people are just going to say, oh, you love Ben. Well, first, well, first of all, Ben's been on Yamaha for three years. Jacoby was never on Yamaha. So Jacoby randomly being chucked on a SM Action 450 with a factory engine, I almost felt like Ben deserved to be on a factory team because he's been part of the Yamaha development program in a sense. Like, that's, I kind of felt that was the right... If, if Yamaha is so big on the pecking order and the pyramid and we have this system... I felt like Ben deserved and needed to be going to the factory team to prove that the system works, in a sense. Similar to Beniston. I've, I've said it on this podcast before. When uh, Factory MX2 announced their team as Gertz and Renault, leaving Beniston out, I was like, hang on, how does this work? You're kind of dissing your own pyramid system because you've got an EMX250 champion whose automatic next step would be going into the... TMX2 team. Yeah rather than shunting him off to SM Action. So I was like, well, like, so I feel like in order to almost back up their own pyramid, putting Beniston in the MX2 team and Ben in the MXGP team was the right thing to do. And also, Ben's going to be good on a 450. Yeah, we know he's going to be better on a 450. You want, you want wild prediction, early wild prediction. Just go for it. Don't Round one back. next year, we don't know where it is. We come out... If Ben beats Sua and the other rider who rhymes with Ben at round one, I would not be surprised. Really? Over the season, maybe not. But as far as one race coming out, all guns blazing, would not be surprised. Okay, um, I'm a little bit confused because you said we. Did I say we? I don't think I said we. I think you've imagined that. No, no, there was definitely a we in there. Why did I even say we? No, you definitely said we. I can't even think of what I said as, that would require me to say we or I or. Yeah, no, it was definitely a we. I mean, play that I one back. I think I did. Play, no, you definitely said we. This is kind of kind of worrying. Well, in other you can speak to. In other city season news, um, big day for Wilvo, or sorry, big day for Monster Energy Yamaha Factory MXGP. Uh, they signed Ben on Sunday, and I also re-signed my deal to do their PR on social media. So big day. Wow. I was surprised I signed my deal before Ben, so I'm surprised they still had the budget to run a third rider. But, <laughs> wow. And also, just to um, uh, add on to that, officially, I'm now being paid to hype Ben. Just going to let that sink in for a second. Do, do Wilvo know that there's a restraining order? How is that going to affect your contract? Well, I'd, oh, I'd, I'd just um, expect a lot. Um, expect the 
um, Monster Energy Yamaha Factory MXGP press releases to read something like Sewer Goes 1 1 as Ben wows everyone in seventh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is disturbing. Um, we'll watch that with, with yeah, a keen eye. But in, in all seriousness, PR's in all seriousness Ben belongs on a factory team and Ben will be bloody good. And I'm I, I'm saying that from years of data and knowledge, and that will happen. That will happen. Confident. Tell us more about his knowledge you possess. I don't really have much, but from being at every race for the last, basically, all of Ben's career, actually, um, I believe he will be very good on a 450, and I think it's a good choice by Yamaha. Very like great move. Well done, everyone. Well, may, maybe uh, for next year's podcast, we can introduce, introduce a new segment called Ben Watch. And um, from your stalking, you could actually pick out parts of, you know, relevant information. I think we already have that, don't we? Kind of, yeah. Maybe we'll just call it something then, Ben Watch. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, great move from Yamaha. I'm very impressed that they did that. So well done, everyone. Pat yourselves on the back. So things are starting to turn or move. Um, so you're saying that there's possibly two positions at Gebbin? Yes. And who knows what SM Action are doing now? Like, who knows? But um, one thing what's not clear is who's going to step into KRT? No, I don't think that's going to be clear for a little while. As far as I know, KRT are, under, are, are in no rush to confirm what they're doing. But it's got to be somebody who pleases, I guess, the Japanese as it's a factory team. Yeah, but I know of, I know of a couple of things that have gotten to the Japanese and been shut down for next year. But I think there is even there there was a chance, and there may even still be that they run one rider. That be in February. Really? That that's I know a- that idea has been that has been an idea on the table. That's a terrible idea. Well. Just a terrible idea. What, how a team goes into a whole year. I don't think it will happen, especially, I don't think that will happen, especially with uh, riders looking for rides who have money to bring to the table. I, like I mean, do you think they'll look to do that? Do you think they'll put all their eggs into one basket with February? No, I've just said, I don't think it will happen with certain riders needing a seat who also bring a checkbook with them. Would that not make more sense than running one rider? Honestly, at this point, I've heard everything about Kawasaki. I've heard of riders they chased back in April for the second seat. I've heard of riders they're talking to at the moment. I've heard that they're going to run one rider. I've heard that uh, riders with a pay book, paycheck, checkbook, checkbook. Riders with a checkbook are coming in. Like, I've heard everything. So. Who knows? That's going to be a mystery for a little while, I think. I genuinely don't think anything gets done there for a little while. So we've got one place at KRT. We've got two places at Gebbin, possibly. Um, and I said if they do go to free riders, they might actually just go to two. Well, equal, uh, point to the Yamaha thing that I didn't talk about, I still don't have a, the slightest little idea of what the hell Tonus is going to do. Well, we've got Tonus, we've got Bogus. Bogus will be on one of three teams, all in the Austrian group. What teams could those be? Standing? 
Stanin's, Stanin is probably the most likely at the moment. I kind of got told that's close to being done. So, but then I don't understand, like, um, I don't know, then know what Monticelli would do, which then makes me think, well, would Monticelli bring his money to KRT? Maybe. This is what I mean. It's all confusing. And do you know what the massive injustice in all of this is? Uh, please tell us. Dylan Walsh needs a ride. And if he doesn't get a ride, then I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Because I don't understand that if he, I said this to him on Sunday night, if he was in America, basically after leading four, five, six laps in Mandeville, whatever he did, if he did that in America, his phone would have blown up because that's all American teams want. We can work with speed. I don't understand how that hasn't happened in Europe. Because like, okay, um, let's say Walsh is a 10 to 20 guy. Not many of those 10 to 20 guys, A, get hole shots, B, lead laps, and C, have the attitude of, I don't care what name's on the back of your jersey, I'm going to race you hard. Like, that would be so attractive to me as a B-level team, outside of the factories, I mean, like B-level, like all of the satellite teams. That would be so attractive to me, but I don't understand why it wouldn't happen. Other than the fact that um, Walsh doesn't bring money. He doesn't bring money, but he doesn't bring any baggage. Right? He, he is pretty, I would imagine he is one of the easiest riders to work with for a team. I, I do think that next year with the just people not knowing about COVID, you know, we, we've seen the impact on the high street. We've seen impact in some businesses. I do wonder whether some teams are going to play it safe next year. And it, actually, do you know what thinking about it? Maybe Kawasaki run one, one rider for a year. Maybe riders who are running three riders go down to two. Um, maybe they look uh, for riders who are actually happy to pay to ride on their teams. It wouldn't surprise me. And there's going to be a lot of talent which is just going to slip away because teams are just going to be just focused on survival. If you look at the results from Lommel, Paul Ann needs something, Tonus needs something. I'm going to say that Bogus doesn't need something because I think whatever he does, he ends up with something. Van Horbeek, I really don't know about. That's someone I've not really heard anything on. Um, Does he retire or too young? I I wouldn't actually. Well, he turned, he moved into MXGP the same um, year as uh, Tommy Sell. Yeah. Uh, what does that make him? He moved into MXGP in 2013. So how old will he be? He's 30. I think he continues because he's doing too good not to continue. It's just whether he stays with that Honda team, I think, because I can't see him really going anywhere else at this point. Um, Van Donick, he needs a ride in MXGP. Whether that happens, I don't know. I believe Bobrashev's contract's up. Walsh needs a ride. I believe Monticelli needs a ride. Uh, Guillo's done. Steri, I'm pretty sure we'll stay with Hitachi. Reading off the names like this from Lommel makes you realise how weak the field is because there's a lot of names in here who don't even, like, Manolis Kritikos, I'm pretty sure he's just going to stay in Greece. No need, to consider him, no need to consider him in the MXGP Silly Season puzzle, people. Also, is there a more Greek name than Manolis Kritikos? Uh, I don't know, buddy. I've not really studied that much uh, Greek names. He sounds like a Greek god. 
And I genuinely did not notice him out there once, but he did not score points. So Manolis. I had no idea he was even there. So Manolis Kritikos will go back to Greece empty-handed. Did not I don't know if Manolis Kritikos turns up at Lommel every year. I swear every year at Lommel there's a Greek rider and I just never paid attention to his name. Hold on, let's go check the results from last year. Brilliant, because we all can't wait to find out. Yeah, it doesn't look like he was there last year. That's, that's a shame. Sure. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, you want me to move on? I thought you were going to say something. Well, I, was there, is there anybody else? I thought you were carrying on with your list of... of well, I got to the bottom of the normal results. Um, no, you know what? I think everyone is pretty much getting to the point where they're done now. So what, what do we know? Well, I think I've done that, haven't I? KTM's the same. Um, yeah, KTM's the same. HRC's the same. Yamaha, we know what they're doing. Gas Gas will be Jonas and Eva Bogas on Monticelli. KRT, we have no clue. Uh, yeah. I feel like I, I don't, there isn't much left to do at this point. And before anybody asks, Suzuki are not coming back. No. We've heard nothing. Despite that rumour not going away, I also heard a rumour that Rinaldi might have a team, but at this point I just disregard that because um, that's almost like the Suzuki rumour, I feel, where that's just going to come up every single year. Yeah. So uh, I guess one team we've not spoken about is Jackie Martins. Yeah, well, apparently he's just talking to every single rider in the world. Ah, okay. the, the gist I get is that he's basically talking to everyone. Right. Okay. Well, everyone's got an opportunity. Or, yeah. I heard, like, there's a, a lot of... I'd, I'd imagine Artem will go back. Artem. Um, Artem's kind of getting in a lot of people's way. Artem... Artem just... I don't, I don't know. I kind of think Artem was faster last year as a privateer. I kind of feel like maybe Artem should skip Lommel. Yeah, well, just like maybe that's not the place for Artem. Straight Italy. You would have thought though he would have improved at Lommel, given that literally his team's base there. Yeah, it was yeah. actually at the back of their building. You'd thought he could sneak out a few times, get a couple of laps in. Question is, and I'm pretty sure he would have DNF'd. He was seven laps down in the first race. I'm guessing he DNF'd. Yeah, but I did. I did see him. I did see him down in the second race. Yeah, I did see him pull out. Yeah, oh. I think he's just having a bad time. Well, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I'm done with MXGP. That's great. I mean, we're happy. Uh, I'm happy. This it's going to be interesting season anyway. Like this year has been been amazing. Obviously, a shame with some of the injuries, but still, the racing's been absolutely superb. Um, Artem Guriev said of his Lommel 3, conditions were muddy and very slippery, but I made the best of the situation. Christ, that's a statement. In the first moto, I felt I might have a chance of grabbing a point or two, but unfortunately, my, cut, my clutch got fried. Uh, the second moto was not a good one. After a small mistake early on, I tried to push, rebuilt my rhythm, but I had a big one and banged up my wrist pretty bad. All in all, I'm very relieved that Lommel is behind us. I bet he is. <laughs> That's got to be a Planet Moto bombshell of the week. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like maybe I need to be reading Artem's quotes every week. I was quite interested. Uh, Artem said of Lommel 2, 
I'm not happy with my day. In the first moto, I suffered two big crashes. Those knocked me back quite a bit. In the second moto, I went down hard again and hit my head in the process. Christ! Arthur had a, Arthur had a right old week. Hold <laughs> on. In the second moto, I went down hard again and hit my head in the process. I tried to get going again, but I crashed three more times. <laughs> So, just in, the P- in his quote from the PR, he had six crashes in two motos. And that, I'm guessing there's a few he hasn't even mentioned. Hold on. I'm going back to his first Lommel because this is too good. Uh, yeah. Artem Guria, first Lommel. I have to say, this track is really, really rough. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. To keep your speed and be consistent is all oh, spelling mistake in the PR there. To keep your speed and be consistent here is very mm. tricky. After the difficult first moto, we changed some settings and tried to learn something for the next races. Again, I went down a couple of times in race two. So basically, um, they didn't learn anything uh, because they didn't I, get it better. I fully understand why Artem is relieved that Lomo is behind him now. I mean, how many crashes? Did he have? And this is just racist. This is not including free practice and time practice. I'm guessing there was a few crashes in there. Um, breaking news. The new MXGP 2020 game has been delayed. Uh, the, release date has been de- the release date has been delayed. COVID? Has the developers got COVID? Does anyone care? Or I can tell you the dates if you like, if anyone cares. Uh, no, the not really. Will be on December the sixteenth, and a PS five version will be January the fourteenth. Oh, wow! Are you getting a PlayStation five? No, I will be. Okay, it's good for you. Thanks. Anyway, do you want to do um a game? Oh, what the game? The game. If we have to. Okay, welcome everybody to uh, Even Strokes. Are you smarter than a birth? This is a five-question quiz testing James's knowledge on motocross. Uh, Even Strokes is an online shop with a range of offers on Talon, Fox, Yoko, Prox, and more. More, more. No, don't do that because I'll just stop reading. Be sure to visit evenstrokes.com for deals on products and to support MX Vice. 2021 gear from Fox and Yoko is now available too. Shop now at evenstrokes.com and get next day delivery on most products. Right, five questions. You need to get four right to pass you have not passed once at all this year do you want to know something funny you don't care no um i'll tell you a little story my um you know that i'm sometimes hard to get hold of yep well actually my wife has started messaging me on the live chat of even stroke so i respond well that's actually quite a smart idea yeah i thought it was a bit tricky though isn't it so, five questions, you have to get four right to I mean, pass. I was getting excited that someone was coming on to buy something. So, okay. there I am. Brilliant. And then up comes my wife. Uh, yep, four, four questions right to pass. Right, question one. Uh, ben Watson is just one, is one of just five British riders to ever win an overall in MX2. Name three of the other riders. Uh, Max Anstey, Tommy Searle. Fucker. Um... I don't know how Simpson and Nichols got on. Maybe I'm going to have to push you for a third name. Uh, maybe it's older than that. I don't know. If... I, 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 you've kind of hit the time limit now, so can you give me a name? So I've gone for Max Anstey and Tommy Searle. And... Well, I'm sorry, that's too I'm late. Go with Billy McKenzie. That's correct. 
Oh my god, I got it! I question whether you delayed that so much that you went on to MXGP.com. No, I didn't cheat. I'm not a cheater. That was a lot of... Uh, uh, legendary. That is fantastic. I, I'm feeling good today. You could have also had Stephen Sword. Uh, ben Watson, Tommy Sell, Stephen Sword, Billy McKenzie and Max Anstey are the only British riders to win an overall in the MX2 play. Look at me go. Can we, should we just stop the game now? Uh, Rowan van der Moestijk's moto win was the first for Kawasaki since 2016. That's the first in MX2. Uh, who was the last rider to win a moto with the KX250? The last one? Yep, before Moestijk. Well, that's an overall, so... No, 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 moto win. Who was the last rider to win a moto? Literally in the question. You've got 10 seconds, and I'm actually timing you this time, and I will cut you off. Fuck off. Um, Please, I'm going to have to push you. I don't know if Buarami got a, a win this year. Two. One. Okay, Buarami. Two, huh? Buarami. See, you're wrong, but this is... I don't know, like... The question was, Rowan van der Moestijk's moto win was the first for Kawasaki since 2016. That tells you that you're looking for I a rider. I said that. What did you say? If you're going back to 2016, then I reckon it's... No, no, you're done. That was in the question. It's not my fault you didn't pay attention. You're done. That was wrong. Brian May has not won a moto. But if you want to make yourself feel better, who do you reckon it was in 2016? Max Okay, that's also wrong. He was on a Husqvarna in 2016. So, at least you were screwed either way. Um, one, for one, one out of one. Uh, one out of one? One, um, one all so far is in the win and loss column. Uh, question three. Who was the, who was the rider? Ferrandis. Uh, question three. It was actually a drought of 1,500. Was that in Trentino? Huh? Was no, that in Trentino? Lock it. Who has, question three, who has more MX2 moto wins in 2020? Maxime Renault, Ben Watson, or Thomas Olsen? 10 seconds. Uh... Maxime Renault, Ben Watson, or Thomas Olsen? Five. Ben Watson. That's correct. I actually yes! did not think you were going to get that. Yes. Well, I was actually thinking that Olsen won the GP, but he didn't actually win a race, did he? Uh, Olsen's had one moto win this year. Maxime Renault's had one, and Ben has now had two. Ben is actually the only rider besides the Alan Gertz to win more than one moto this year, which is pretty crazy. Um, so two correct, one wrong so far. Question four. One of these riders has not won an overall in the MXGP class at Piotram Murata. Who is the odd one out? Antonio Caroli, Max Nagel, or Gautier Paulin? Out of that group, who has not won an MXGP overall at Piotram Murata? You have 10 seconds. Paulin. That's correct. Oh, yes. And you can't, I'm pretty sure you weren't allowed to cheat for that one. Nope, nope, I'm not cheating. I don't oh, it's come, it's For the first time, you have a chance at passing for the first time in your I life. I don't cheat. I don't need to cheat. Okay. You, have, this is, you have a shot at passing this game for the first time in like 20 episodes. Wow. It all depends on this question. I think it's because I've got my feet up on the desk. I just feel relaxed. It all rides on this final question. No pressure. I, I'm not feeling the pressure. I'm relaxed. Okay. Please hold. Right. 
Final question. Who was trying to dig this one out? So it's hard. Huh? Have you just tried to dig this one out? Because it's so. so hard. Who has stood on the MXGP overall podium more this year? Jeremy Sewer, Antonio Caroli, or Jeffrey Herlins? Ten seconds. Jeffrey Herlins. You were so close. <laughs> what? You, the answer you were looking for was B, Antonio Caroli. Really? He's had more... Caroli's had six podiums, Herlins has had five, and Sewer has had five. Oh, that is sneaky. Thank you for playing, though. You came really, you did really well. That, that was really sneaky. You've done that on purpose. What do you mean, did that on purpose? I reckon you had another question there, and you just thought, no, I'll get the phone. No, I actually made a mistake. I wrote down the wrong answer, and as I read it, and as I read it before I said it, I was like, "Hang on, I know that answer's not right." So I just double checked, and it was yeah. What? So it was. It was. You, did you think it was Herlins as well? No, I just had nothing written. <laughs> I never wrote down the answer, but I, what I thought I, I knew it off the top of my head anyway. But I just wanted to double check. Yeah, yeah, three five, so close. Of course, you knew it off the top of your head. Unbelievable. So close. But thank you for playing. Well, um, at least that's done for another week. And in the spirit of the game, with a new, with a new uh, idea, uh, there's a sixth question for the fans. First one to message us this or tweet us or message us on Instagram or whatever. First message I see with the answer to this question wins an MX5 t-shirt. Problem is, I didn't get a question ready. So I'm just going to make one up on the fly now. Because you, yeah. Okay, go Um, Remember to check out a Formula Helmet at some point in your life while I do this. Maybe, maybe while I just look out for a question. Is that a fly Formula Helmet? Yes, that's what I said. I said I'm going to make up a question on the fly. Speaking of fly. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're yeah, really good. Not listen to what I say on this podcast. <laughs> no, I try <laughs> to ignore you. Fly racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation in ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Okay. Games? Question for the fans. First one to message us with this answer, correct answer, wins a helmet. Uh, No, not this isn't for the helmet, this is for an MX-Wise (laughs) t-shirt. Not as good. good. Do you want to clarify that once more? Huh? Do you want to clarify that once more? Yeah, I just had Formula Helmet on my brain because I've just heard of that. Um, So first question's for a t-shirt, yeah? This question is for a t-shirt. Who has won or who won more motos in their MX2 career? Caroli, Prado, or Roxon? Who won the most motos as an MX2 rider? Caroli, Prado, or Roxon? I'm going to need that answer on social media. So get, get thinking, people. And you know what? It's not even possible to cheat for this answer because I've made my own little record book thing. So I know that no one can cheat. The only way that someone could find it out for themselves is to do some proper research or have a guess. Caroli, Prado or Roxon? Of course, yeah. everyone's answers. Can I, can I just say something though? What? 
What's stopping somebody from putting in three, like, you know, comments, so I, comments with each person? What I see that I can see what their first comment was, can't I? What happens if they do one on Twitter, one on Instagram, one on Facebook? I don't see the name. What happens? No, you're boring me. Anyway, the game is over. Uh, what do you want to do now? MX2? Yes, we will do. But before we do that, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, and Talon Engineering. As you heard uh, at the start of the show, with an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KY batteries kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Seaworth and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com, KYB-factory-kit-suspension-info for more information. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 49 of the MX Vice podcast show. Now, we have a fantastic competition. Lewis mentioned it earlier. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes 
as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. So we have one of these fantastic helmets to give away uh, on the podcast show. The Formula development team spent a few years collaborating research and design with industry-leading doctors and scientists and physicists from around the world to produce the innovative Adaptive Impact System, LIS. Now, the question then, Lewis, is what does AIS stand for? So if you know what AIS stands for, then email lewis.phillips at mxvice.com. That's L-E-W-I-S dot P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S at mxvice.com. Doesn't matter where you're from, anybody can enter the competition and the competition will be open from one week now. So you've got the next week to uh, send in Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, actually, you don't need to do that because that's what we've done on the previous competition. Um, I'm so confused. Email Lewis Phillips at Lewis Phillips, yeah. Lewis Phillips at mxvice.com uh, with the answer. And I'm guessing you're going to pick one. I won't pick. I'll put everyone into a randomizer. So Ooh, love a good randomizer. Even if this is, even if you are just getting to this in like Tuesday next week, um, you'll still have just as good a shot as the person who emails first. So, yeah. And it, like James said, it doesn't matter where you're from. So if you're from Croatia or Norway, or we have, weirdly, we have a lot of very, 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 very many Latvians listening to this. So I'm actually going to get my, um, my 400 Facebook friends to enter the competition for me. So okay. I can get a new helmet. But um, am yeah. I allowed to enter? No. Um, Why not? But yeah, it's and you know what? Whoever gets this helmet, I might we might even do a little thing with you about how you find the helmet, what you think of it, and everything like that. Because, like I've said a few times, when I got to America this year, what a country! First of all, um, and I actually got my hands on a formula, and I properly like felt it, moved it around, had a pro- like proper, had a proper little look at it. Did it feel good? Genuinely impressed. And as I've said a few times, there aren't, I can't think of many products in my life that I've picked up and been like, fuck me, this is like really something. So yeah, I'm interested to see what the winner thinks of it. And also, we will be giving away another Fly Formula helmet uh, at the end of November. So the last week of November, we'll give, be giving away another one. So this is exciting. And I'll tell you what actually is exciting about this. Um, as a European, and even before I worked with MX Vice as a European fan, uh, I've always felt that America gets more stuff like this. Like there aren't as many competitions in Europe and there aren't as many, there isn't as much interaction from brands. So for Fly to step up and do this uh, with us on a podcast, I think that is really cool for MXGP fans, European fans, and also says a lot about their commitment to this side of the pond because there's a lot of companies that, are much more focused on America than they are what's going on over here. So it's nice of them to think of all you European fans as well. Do you know what my commitment is? 
my commitment is uh, we've got a very, very good audience now. Uh, some crazy 10,000 downloads uh, per episode. So what would be interesting is each one of you is going to email lewis.phillips at mxvice.com. It's going to be hilarious. So everybody, just enter because I cannot wait to see Lewis's uh, inbox. The thing is, I'm a very organized person, so this doesn't phase me. Really? Are you going to set up a rule? You don't even hmm? know what that is, do you? No. But, um, yeah, I don't, need a, I don't need a paragraph in email. All I need is an email uh, that says what you think AIS stands for. I mean, it's been said many times on this show, so, and it's also been said many times on previous shows, so you should know. But also, but, yeah. it's great if you do want to chat to Lewis, let him know how he's getting on. Um, ask him how his family is. Maybe send some photos. Lewis loves a good photo, especially of a helmet. Um, so if you do get the chance, lewis.phillips at mxvice.com. Definitely send him an email. He loves to correspond and talk to people. He's a very much a people person. So uh, this is a great opportunity uh, to win a fantastic helmet and also talk to Lewis. So um, perfect, hey? Yep, perfect. But yeah. What AIS stands for? That is the question. I require the answer. Fantastic. So uh, thank you. Uh, let's move on to um, MX2. And uh, pretty much he has been in serious control of this championship. And again, is, does this go back to what we said about Geyser? Is this just Tom being consistent and, and pushing and moving forward? Uh, you know, in, in not putting, you know, a foot wrong, or is this down to, to Gert's kind of, we've seen the mistakes, the pressure, has it got to him? Uh, can I make a suggestion on your podcast ability? No, you can't. Please fuck off. It's just something I've noticed you do, and it's happened twice this show now, and I feel like I want to point it out to see if anyone else has noticed. Oh, okay, crack on then. You, um, you bring up stuff without actually mentioning what it is. Like, you went on to MX2. He has been very dominant. It's like, well, who? <laughs> <laughs> like, you did it earlier as well. When you started talking about Prado testing positive, you went, he tested positive. And it's like, well, we haven't even mentioned Prado once. I thought I said Tom. <laughs> yeah, you did at the end. But listen to the whole thing, haven't you, dickhead? <laughs> it just makes me laugh, because I'm always like, well, <laughs> I know who you're talking about, but um, I don't really want to talk about that yet. Brilliant. So that, I was really, that was really worth me sort of talking about it and you taking the piss, as always. Well, can, can we, do you not want me to talk about Ben and his overall win? If you want to. I keep. Um, just phenomenal, really, wasn't it? The thing is... You're not naked right now, are you? The thing is, you can confirm, I've been there. Braving, I was there in the Hitachi days, saying 2017. Last I don't year, think you want to be bringing up the Hitachi days, given that you work for him, though. Bringing what? Well, I don't know what, but bringing um in his last year on Hitachi, I remember even saying then tweet. I remember tweeting it, saying, "Watch out! Look at what! Look at the times! Look at the sector times! There's something. This is starting to click." Um. 2018, phenomenal year. 2019, obviously injury interrupted, but there were still little flashes. And then this year, another huge step forward. And um, yeah, it's uh, no surprise. Like, there was not one part of me that was surprised that he won on Sunday, especially obviously after the first two long But yeah. Right, here's an interesting scenario for you. 
no age rule, does Ben win the World Championship next year? I think Ben would move up to the 450s if there was um, if there wasn't an age rule anyway. That wasn't the question. Oh, you're saying if there wasn't an age rule and he stays down? Yeah. Oh, Vial's tough. Does he beat Gertz? I think so. Vial's tough, but yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. You still haven't answered the question. I, I just did. Vial's tough, but he beats Gertz. So basically, you're, you're saying no, he doesn't win the world championship. Hmm? So you're basically saying no, he doesn't win the world championship. No, I'm saying VR would be tough. No, I, I, was, I was asking. Hey, brilliant. Answer the question. Brilliant. Um. Anyway, what I was saying. Why did you just uh, answer the question? Well, you what? I've, I've answered the question. You haven't. I think he'll be VR. I think he would be more of. A, I think he may even be more of a co- uh, competition to VR than Gertz's. I've just said. Does he win the world championship? It's a simple yes or no, mate. I don't understand why you're struggling. I don't know why you are not happy with my answer. Anyway, you're it's boring everyone. Give me an answer. You're boring everyone now. No. Answer oh the God. question. Yeah, he yes wins the world title. Yeah, he wins the world title. He wins every moto. Sorry? He wins every moto. It's a clean season. There you go. Can we move on now? You are such a dick. What? Honestly, honest oh. Um Thing that sticks out from the first, from his win at Lommel is Oto uh, in the final sector, which was essentially the new part. The only thing that was the same was the run towards the finish. Um, he was putting like multiple seconds on Vial there. That's the uh, one thing that sticks out to me from his win because I I have no idea what he was doing in that sector. Actually, I know exactly what he was doing in that sector because I asked him about it. Um, please hold, and I'll get you exactly what he said. Okay, holding. Uh, do, do, do. Feel free to say something while you're holding. No. Oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, not far before the finish, there was two waves. It was not two waves, but it was real deep in the middle. I, I kind of came out of the trees where the end of the new section is. Uh, I'd rail the outside, beat them into the next corner, and that's where I made most of my passes. I, yeah, so sector four, if you get a chance, look at the analysis from the first MX2 moto because he was killing Vial there. But to Vial's credit, again, Ben went by him. Vial would have seen 919 and gone, oh, it's not Gertz, no stress. Like, that's fine. And he actually went after him again. Like, Vial does not have the whole championship settling down, play it safe thing in his head, I don't think. It's weird. I don't understand. I genuinely don't understand. Vial is, like, fully attacking this thing still when he's got a gazillion point lead. That's good, though, because as mentioned at the start of the show, if anything happens with COVID, he's just oh, trying gosh. to collect as many points as possible. Are you, will, will you be doing the COVID testing in Italy? I think someone needs to be there, an adjudicator. Well, you just seem very interested in this, so I can imagine that I'll pull up to do my COVID test and you'll just be stood there with a clipboard going, mm. I may pass my COVID test of taking tests and I but might be there. This is, a fi- this is what I kind of talked about at the beginning of the show. 74 points up on Gertz, um, Biao is. Would it be that much of a... So essentially he needs to put 26 points on Biao to win the title at the first uh, Trentino, which is this Sunday. Would not surprise me the way things are going for Gertz. because. 
not sure if anyone's been keeping tabs. This has gone off the tracks. Or the train is off the tracks quite badly. Well, it looked badly when his peak was hanging down. I think he spent half a lap trying to actually get the peak off. If you look actually at his- twisting the plastic trying to get it off. It's, it's an odd one even looking at his moto scores lately because since the final Mantua, he has gone 2-1, 5-1, 4-1, 1-7, 13-7. So it, excluding the 13-7, there is quite clearly a pattern of one good moto, one bad moto. Yeah. Yeah, massive pattern. And but, this... I, I, like, actually, this is what I need to talk about regarding Ben's overall win. How did Gertz not get penalised after his first crash in that second moto. Was that when he cut the track? Yep. Yeah, and I've seen that. Ben and Olsen, I think it was Olsen, Ben and Olsen were literally wheel-to-wheel in a battle, and Gertz let Olsen go and darted in in front of Ben. And then two corners later, Gertz, shocker, got a little loose and almost cleaned Ben out. What, Big Ben? That's not going to be catching on. Um, but... I genuinely don't, I don't know, I, I don't know if because he crashed again, it was kind of like a moot point. Like, if he didn't crash and went on to get second and win the GP, maybe then he gets penalised. But, oh, I don't know, that was, that was dodgy. Like, there was nothing right about what he did there. Nothing right at all. No, because he did cut part, like, literally quite a bit of the part. Because that was quite a slow section, isn't it, when he jumped down into the corner? Yeah, like, I don't know what he was thinking. I genuinely don't know what he was... Well, I I don't know. I don't know. Ben said said he made a mistake, went off the track and cut that full corner out and joined on straight in front of me. I I was like, whoa, you're my teammate, but I was actually real mad with him. I got angry. A few corners I wanted to stuff underneath him. So, yeah. I, there's no, I don't think there's anyone that would endorse what he did there. I, I, I just don't understand. I, maybe, I don't know. Did he see that it was Ben and get a bit frustrated that his teammate was going to win the race that he was tipped to win? I don't know. Like, was it, in, I don't know. But two, wait, they crashed, uh, one, two, three corners after he rejoined the track. He came out of a berm, got sideways and so nearly swiped Ben's front wheel out. Like, and actually, Ben said that he rode tight in the second moto, and he wasn't actually riding tight until that happened. So Gertz, like, really played a part in this thing. Genuinely don't know. If media had the opportunity to protest, I might protest. I'm sure you would have. What's worse, um, Gertz cutting a track or his uh, Instagram account? Uh, separate matters, but shouldn't be put in the same category. Both but, quite bad? Yeah, both quite bad. But... Ignoring the way that he rejoined the track, I don't know what's going on with these crashes. And you want to know what's even stranger? Gertz, of all people, has been quite um, outspoken about this now. Like, I'd, like, and even that, I don't really know where he's going with this now. I, I can hear you typing. What are you typing? I'm just looking for his quote. Oh. I thought you were messaging Ben. Please hold. Uh, I think it was on his team report. Ninth uh, uh, place, a big disappointment. I know I can win in normal, but I crashed four times. Jesus, it seems like Artem's quote. Four times in the same way after losing the front. I just can't hold on to my bike. 
we are still looking for the right setup, especially for the suspension. We need to fix this as soon as possible. Like, hang on a minute, mate. Hang on. You've won motos lately. This isn't a, oh my God, clearly he can't hold onto his bike at any point. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't read the full PR. Marnik Bavotes, the team manager, said, concerning Gertz, he's hanging on the ropes right now. Too many crashes. I don't think it's a mental or physical issue. So maybe actually Marnik is backing up that it's a bike, but I don't know how because he's won X amount of motos lately. Like, and has he been struggling with his suspension all year? Because how would you get to this point of the season and then run into an issue? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. This whole situation seems it's just a bit odd. Well, if only we knew a good journalist who could find out. Gertz is not going to be saying much, ever. But I don't know. His, the, weird, the weird thing from Lommel for me is all of his crashes were similar uh, before Sunday. He always kind of crashed mid-corner, like lost the front going in, but rode it to the middle of the corner and then finally binned it. And then randomly at Lommel 3, we just start doing front flips. Like, yeah, what was that all about? Like two front flips in a moto, just like, oh, da-da-da-da-da, riding, 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 I'm riding my bike, oh, front flip. Like, I don't understand. I just, like, I don't understand any of it. I don't understand the quote. I don't understand the crashes. I don't understand the coming back on the track. I don't understand. And also... I said it last week. How in hell is anyone going to say that Gertz can beat Vial for the championship next year? Because this, I'd imagine for Gertz to go into the next year full of confidence and going, I can beat Vial, I'd imagine that this Trentino triple header will be quite big. Because if it continues to trend in the direction it's going and Gertz is off the podium in Trentino, crashing every moto, going five, seven, nine, four. I wonder how much that will have an impact on him going into next year. To, to be fair, I think you've overlooked one big thing. And the fact that his teammate Renault is probably going to beat him next year. Yeah. No, because you can't discredit, you, you can't discredit the fact that he's fast, but as far as a championship is concerned, this thing's off the road. This thing's off the tracks. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a massive issue, whether it's concentration or pressure. Apparently, so, his bike set up, but he he won two motos in Lommel, so clearly it works. He also was balls fast in the what what moto was it where he crashed and then came back and still won with insane lap times? Was that the second one on Sunday or the first one? On, I think it was the first one on Wednesday. Like. Clearly, it was working fine then. So, although he did crash, admittedly, but he was able to go fast. And also, actually, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. His crash in the first moto on Sunday, Lommel 3, he jumped into the waves and landed kind of off the tracks. So, how is that his bike's fault? Has he got the lane assist thing on that cars have and it kind of got a bit quirky? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the funniest thing you've ever said is that the planet moto bombshell of the week that is the planet moto bombshell of the week all the factory teams head to Spain for riding where the weather and conditions are perfect you can too planet moto holidays provide accommodation meals transport and more there is even a planet moto really academy running now which is perfect to prepare for the 2021 racing season visit their site or social media 
at Planet Motor Holidays for more. And that's planetmotorholidays.co for the website. I had no idea that Planet Motor had an academy. That's very yeah, cool. Yeah, it's quite a cool thing. I don't know what I don't know if it's a part if it's a reaction to COVID or um something that's been in the works for a while, but it actually if you're an EMX rider, say, or an EMX, like an EMX 125 rider or whatever, it actually seems like um, quite an ideal thing. It's effectively called uh, Planet Moto Academy Months. So you stay from as little as one month. You have a structured training program, coaching on and off the bike. And then obviously, as you would with a holiday, um, you have accommodation at a beautiful villa, private pool, secure parking, jet wash area, track fees included. So that's what you get when you go down on holiday. But for this academy, you get structured training program, coaching on and off the bike, and just generally everything you could really need to prepare for a proper season. Very cool. I like this. So yeah, we need to find out a bit more. I like it. So that is a, uh, that, yeah, that was our Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week. Lewis actually making me laugh uh, with something funny. I don't know. I need to, I want to have a look, I want to go have a deeper dive into this now and have a look at all the crashes and see how many could realistically, realistically be blamed on the bike. But then again, Marnique said it's not physical or mental. So is he saying it's, a, I, I don't know. No. Either well, way. Mentioning his teammate earlier, Renault. His new teammate. Yeah, his new teammate. But the weekend, Renault, you know, weekend on Wednesday, I thought Renault rode really well. Yeah, he actually really impressed me, especially at Lommel. This is another thing, actually. Um, Ten years ago, we were still at a place where we'd go to Lommel, and that would be the race where French, Italian, etc. riders would struggle like hell, and the Belgian, the Dutch riders, etc. would put a load of points on everyone. Funny how that has just changed completely now. I think that's also a credit to the level in the World Championship. But is this... This is because we're seeing more of uh, those those riders from European teams literally spending weeks at Lommel at a time through the winter, yeah? Well, yeah. Okay, so so why, why, why are the UK riders not doing it? What, you, you're talking about EMX level riders? Yeah. Well, there's not even, there's barely any British riders doing the full EMX series. I, I'm guessing that if you're going to do the EMX series, Step one would be good to possibly go and ride at Lommel quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to, I've, I've yelled enough. Okay. So I'm passionate about that. Okay. But, um, am I done with, I think I'm done with Gertz. Okay. Are we what done with MX2 or do you want to talk more? I'm not done with him as a person. Done with MX2 or do you want to talk more? Uh, no, let's talk more. Gifting? Anyone? Jesus. Where did that performance come from? I mean, he was he 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 looked pretty bright, didn't he, throughout the the week in Lommel. And there was you, there was signs that that could come, but also he did sort of he's he's had a couple of little mistakes, hasn't he? Now now and then over the last, you know, rounds he's been riding for the Gas Gas. But that performance, he looked really good. I I don't know. Okay, I'll put this to you, actually. So his EMX 250 results this year were 2924121109. That's no indication that he was going to do this, is it? Like, no, no one should have expected this off of those results. Like, yeah, he had a couple of seconds, but like 
it's not like he was the second best rider in the class. Like, okay, maybe it makes sense because Beniston came out and got fourth in the first moto, but still, he didn't get a second like Gifton did. This also, this also actually says quite a lot because um, uh, we've seen what Beniston has in MX2 now. Guadagnini will go up next year with a new team that should be announced any day now. I, don't, I expected that to be announced ages ago. Um, but obviously, Cade Wolf's going up next year, and there's been some criticism of, oh, is he ready? Well, maybe Gifting proves that actually a lot of these riders are ready. Yeah, because they're already racing it. it they're happy to race at that level. You know, the EMX 250 is, that class is, is it, well, obviously, is pretty stacked. Because if those riders are able to then go up to MX2 and run top 10, that says something. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm still thinking about the Goethe situation. It's rocked me. But... but try um, and put that on the shelf and, and think about it later. Um, Gifting has now officially got a seat at Gas Gas for next year as well. So proof that bet on yourself, take a chance, it works. Because Gifting was third in the EMX 250 Championship uh, when he decided to take the fill-in ride. He could have quite easily said, uh, no, you know what, I'm going to just stick doing EMX 250, get a medal at the end of the year, and then, then I'll get a ride because I can prove that. But instead he went, nope. Screw EMX 250, screw a medal. I'm going to take, I've got, I haven't got much prep on the gas gas. I haven't like spent any time with a team, but I'm going to jump straight in, see what I can do, try and make a point, And it, it worked. And that's kind so, of having that factory engine. Well, not, not even that, just fair play to him for taking. No, uh, yeah, I'm not taking anything away from, from him. He's literally grabbed the opportunity with both hands. But again, it, I guess it's the, you know, the other side of it is, is having the equipment. If, if you give a rider the, the correct tools, then sometimes maybe that's all that they need. A bit no, I don't I feel like you are taking a bit away from him because he didn't, he didn't spend an off-season testing on his bike. So if anything, jumping into this situation with a team and factory engine and all of that, that, that could have almost been detrimental because that comes with pressure and everything. So actually, I give him more credit for handling that. I don't look at that as, oh, well, it did make it easier on him, did it? No. No, you're, you're, you're right. Um, and obviously Simon Lagenfelder uh, got the second gas gas seat, which means Jeremy Sado is out, which actually really surprised me because Sado was with uh, Diga when they were a Husky team under a pop-up tent. So I did not think he... And he's German, team's German, so I did not think he would be out. But I also don't know where he'll go. I don't know what... Um, I don't know what Asamota are doing, actually, because uh, Usman's got to go up. So is that a spot for him? If I was Dixon, I would look at Sado. Like I do genuinely think he can be a good. He will be a good rider. Yeah, just had an injury at the worst time this year. If he hadn't had an injury, Gifton wouldn't have got that filling ride, and then it all would have been sweet for him. Yeah, it just shows you how quick things can change in motocross. So um, on more on MX2, uh, Renault's on four seven six points. Beaton's on four five six. Olsen's on four four six, and Watson's on four forty. Uh, 36 points covering the four riders. Who gets third in the championship? Well, the momentum is, is shifted towards Watson, obviously. He, for the first time, knows that he can, he can beat everybody out there. Okay, sound played into his favour, but we do know he's a good hard pack rider as well. He, uh, I think it was last year, um, his speed at Trentino was crazy. He actually had a really good ride, I think, in a second moto. Can't remember the specifics, but 
I remember him coming through pretty well, setting some unreal lap times and um, really just shocking me. Given your fascination with him, I'm, I'm not happy uh, with that. He second moto last year. He was, um, sorry? He went from ninth to third, had the second fastest lap of the race while coming through traffic and was only six seconds down on Prado at the end. Fuck me, that was a good ride. No wonder I remember it. So is that um, is that your tip? Do you think that he's going to go on there to secure third? I don't know because he's obviously got the high, he's sick for the moment, so he's got the highest uh, number of points to leapfrog. Like that's thirty six points is a lot, but then again, it's three rounds. Um, I definitely think he makes progress from sixth and goes somewhere in the top five. But leapfrogging three riders and making up thirty six points is a lot. Yeah. Some. Renault, like, if you look at it, 4th, 5th, and 6th are actually only 16 points apart. So Renault does have a 20-point advantage over all of them. So maybe Renault just does enough to keep it. Because yeah. Renault wants to do Lommel, and he'll be better at Trentino. So. He will be. And he's looking really good. Like, And also, that's going to obviously, his future sorted. He's going to be relaxed. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the way he rides in, in, in what he's done this year. Quite interesting that both... Factory Yamaha teams have gone up to three riders. I mean, Wilvo were already there. But um, do you think that by putting three riders on those teams, they're going to reduce their budgets with other teams? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm wondering. Because that would make a lot of sense. Plus, they've got more control. And then they've got the whole Hut and Metal setup, which is the, the introduction to those teams, which is, seems to be working very, very well. Well, this is why... Um... This is why I felt like they needed to put Beniston into the factory team next year to prove that the structure is in place, like to prove that there's a reason for the structure. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm actually now very interested to see what they do with the satellite teams. Maybe that's a spot for Tonus. But I genuinely don't know why I've not heard a thing about Tonus. No. no. Would Tonus take a ride on a B team? I don't know. Like, I think he would. I, I can't see him just being fixated on factory equipment. Can you? No, but then again, Tonus has spent, um, what, four years now with the Wilro team? Um, Which even before it was a factory team, it was a factory team. Before that was Pro Circuit. Yeah, before that was CLS. So he's had a good run of, like, the best level teams. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, are we done with MX2? Uh, uh, Let me just have a look. If there's anything that jumps out at me. Uh, I'm really watching Hawkmo quite closely at the moment because he needs a ride for next year. And I do believe that he has more to give, but it's not really clicking at all. Yeah, so, it's, the brakes are just not coming for him, are they? No. Um, Beniston stepped up to MX2. Fourth in the first moto was really quite good. He's actually doing the first two Trentinos in MX2 and then not doing the third one because he has a busy off-season of testing and stuff. So just getting a little break. But yeah, he'll be interested to in see what he can do on hard pack. Wouldn't be surprised if he's on the podium at one of the two. Well, that's a big prediction. Uh, well, he was fourth in the first moto at Lommel, so... No, I'm just still saying that's a big prediction. Uh, Cyril Janot is not racing in, in Trentino because... Of all of his- Cyril. But I'm, so ple- I'm just so pleased for him for getting that top 10. And obviously, uh, me now looks like I don't owe you any money. 
well, all you need is Gertz to claw back 74 points and I'll owe you 100 quid. But that's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, but, um, let, so, so Cyril is on, obviously, the the Yamaha team, isn't he? The Hostletter um, IXS team. But it's, yeah, it's basically the old ST, STC racing team. Right, okay, which is the um, one that was sponsoring Jacoby, yeah? Yeah. Okay, what the hell's gone on for them not to have a bike? Well, they've got bikes, they're just all blown up. Okay. Um, it's, it's true. <laughs> it's not a problem of not having bikes, it's more a problem of none of them running at the moment. But the kid's only 20 years old. He, he looks good. His bikes don't. No, his bikes don't, but do you think he's done enough to, for people to, to kind of look at him and just think that's, you know, he's still got, what, two, three years in the, in the, in the, in the MX2? Are you going to tell me that he needs to be on a factory team? No, I'm not telling you that he needs to be on a factory team, but is, is that somebody that Dixon would look at and think, what, what could, you know, what could he do on the Kawasaki? I don't know, because he is a sand guy. But also, if you, I don't know, if you look at his results, how many of those are to blame with a bike? Like, I don't really know. Yeah. All I know is that... Good rider. I like Cyril. Yeah. I don't like his bikes. No, I don't think he likes his bikes as well at the moment. A lot of... A lot of, um... Wasted engines over there. Yeah. Um, probably wouldn't want to buy one second-hand either, would you? No, I would imagine they're not for sale either. No. One careful owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one careful owner. Um, well, one careful rider. Not, slightly, not used, slightly used race engines. <laughs> um, so MX2 is kind of shaping up quite nicely. Um, F&H is, is staying the same next year. Yeah, MX2 is more interesting than MXGP going into Trentino. I know. Well, th- thanks for that. Yeah, um, there's more. There's more to watch in MX2. I think very interesting to see what Gertz does. Uh, interesting to see what Watson does with a momentum. Interesting to see this third third uh, place title fight. Title fight, third place fight for third place in the title race, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Um, yeah, just a few little stories to watch in MX2. Quite like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. Uh, what would you like? Do you want to take a break now, or do you want to go straight into Ask Vice Anything? Should we go straight into Ask Vice Anything and just crack this thing out? Let's just crack this thing out. So let's let's get a little intro to the sponsors because these guys are the ones that help us. Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, and Talon Engineering. These guys are the reason why we're able to do this show. And that's no BS. That is because they're the ones that are helping us get to the races. They're the ones that are helping us um promote the show with with some great offers great competitions uh we wouldn't be here without those guys so uh this is always a cool section um i like it because so many people uh, you know get involved it's liat ask vice anything liat protecting riders from head to toe check out liat.com for more did you know that the Liat neck brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? Did you know that it's highly adjustable to fit riders of all levels? 
Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. Remember, Liat can now cater to your needs with helmet, goggles, gear, and boots. Everything you need can be found at Liat. Their helmets are very, very good. And one of the things which uh, I was taken aback was the free goggles which come with the helmets. Uh, Was it a 9.3 helmet? 9.5, 9.5, they've upgraded it by two, so it's even more of a reason to, to oh, buy this one. Um, I was really impressed with it. What was your thoughts? I don't know. I'm just flabbergasted by what you've just said. I wouldn't uh, be. Um, yes, yes, I, just, I don't know. I might have to call you into my, meet, into my office for a meeting after this. I don't want to go into any of your meetings. Okay. It's usually where you take off your clothes. Should we get on with the questions? Let's do the questions. I'm just finding the questions. Oh my God. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> meeting right. Who's Tomo? Did Gertz lose the title more than Vial won the title? Ooh, good question. No. Vial's been, Vial's been good. And I think in a straight up race, I think Vial... Has got the upper hand, I'd say. Well, actually, no. Uh, I, no. Think, I think Vial being that good and being that consistent has helped Gertz lose the title because it's put more, even more pressure where all Gertz needed to do was maybe not go two seconds a lap faster than everybody else and just take a second or, you know, some of those opportunities where he was so far ahead or, you know... <laughs> Well, you've, we've talked about it. We've seen it. it there, there's just too many crashes. Vial's been impeccable. I'm so impressed with Vial, and I really don't want to take anything away from him because he's just been amazing. I think I'm just bitter because I've lost the competition with you. It's, that's what happens when you back a horse, but... Crashes? Okay. Um, at CR Dory, who was the Swede... To have a factory ride. Who was the Swede? I'm guessing it's Gifting, yeah? Oh, who was the last? No, who was the last Swede to have a factory ride? It was. Okay. Um, uh, well, Uslan was on Kimia, but at that point it wasn't the factory MX2 team. But it was like looked at as that. So, and it was the official Yamaha MX2 team. So I kind of just count Uslan. Like, it wasn't officially a factory team. It had the factory name, but I feel like it was as good as. And that was the a last of, one. A lot of people forget that Uslan was on Kimia. And a, when um, Uslan left the team in the off-season that Ben joined the team, and I specifically remember MX Vice getting a lot of tweets and comments saying that insane to replace Uslan with Ben. But I guess you have to trust the powers that be because look how it turned out. Weird, weird to think that that Kimia team was once Patrell, Usland, and Van Donick. Like, all of those riders have gone in very different directions with their crews. Yeah. And, and who was after? Was it, it was Broly Lyakov, was it? No, that was the same year. 2018, it was Broly Lyakov, Gertz, and Ben. Okay. Wow. Wow. So they kind of cleaned house completely. Yeah. It was like a reset year to build for the future. Okay. At- well, 2018, everyone. At O hyphen lofty one, Olsen looks super fast, but doesn't seem to be getting the results. 
is this just because he doesn't like Lommel or is this or is there something else? I don't think there's anything wrong with what Olsen's doing. He hasn't been getting the starts, but that's partly to do with his size. And also, he has ridden a 450, and I have heard some pretty good things about him on a 450. Like, it sounds like he is quite handy on a 450. So I'd imagine there's a part of it where he's kind of already thinking about that a little bit, as you would. Like, he at the end of the, you can't forget he wanted a title, and he should have been in a position to fight for a title. And that got taken away from him. So it's almost natural that he would start to think about the next goal. But he was fourth overall at Lommel 3, so there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. Uh, and yeah, nothing wrong. It's all right. The, uh, on, on, on that... Like, if, if, like, as part of the question, as he isn't injured or anything, he's actually right now. On that note, say, we're, obviously we're losing Dessau, and say we are going to lose Paul Am. And you replace those two riders with... Watson and Olsen going into the class. That's pretty exciting. MXGP is going to... We say it every year. MXGP is going to be very good next year. And I'm actually quite excited because... Um, actually, I'll say this in a bit because it's saying it relates to another question we've got. But is, it, is this... You know, everybody keeps... Uh, it still comes up, the age rule, every week, the age rule. And this is what we want, isn't it? The best riders, um, you know, going up still, you know, ready to go into their prime to be an MXGP. Yeah, I said it I said it about Olsen and now it applies to Watson too. The fact that both of them have got factory rides proves that the rule is working. Yeah. Um and the only other rider I believe who's got to move up this year is Usland and I'm pretty sure he's got a ride as well. So Yeah. Okay. You told me you had a ride, didn't you? I believe he could be maybe going to JWR. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, at Masters MX 2013, who is going to be left out of a ride for 2021 in MXGP? Who fills DeSalle's place? Uh, who knows about DeSalle? I've got one idea, but I can't even say it. Um, and if anyone gets left out without a ride, I would think... Oh, I was going to say Tonus, but would it be Walsh? It can't be Walsh. He deserves something. I always have thought Tonus, but randomly I just thought, well, Walsh still doesn't have something, but Walsh needs something. Well, I'm guessing, I mean, I'm guessing Bobrashev's not going to be um, going next year with, with the PAR team. So is, is Bobrashev, have you heard whether he's going to be retiring or is he just going to be looking at more of a national series? I have not been hot on the Bobrashev silly season trail, uh, unfortunately. But... Uh, his contract is up this year. I haven't heard anything on what the RFX team will be doing next year. But I did think recently, funny how quickly we kind of, everyone's just dismissed Bobrashev, isn't it? Like, his fall from podium guy has happened quite rapidly. Well, are you, are you going back to the, to the whole when he was replaced at, at Honda? Well, when he was on Honda, he was a podium guy. Then he went to boss on a Suzuki and was like a eighth place guy, so still in the mix. But then he was on Lost last year, what a shambles. And then now he's just kind of picking up whatever points he can. And we're kind of like, yeah, that's Bob Chef. But like, it's just the progression to that point's been super fast. So, what was that, three years ago, four, four years ago, he was on? Yeah, 2017, he was on Honda. Not that long ago. No, that's what I mean. So what, the 2018 team was when everybody was in uproar. That is, contract didn't get extended. Yeah, the end of 2017. But yeah, it's, well, Again, we everyone was in uproar over that. Is hindsight a wonderful thing? And 
at, like the Bogus thing did not work out, but maybe HRC were right to take a gamble and look to the future. Yeah. I mean, but not- like Bobashev picked up consistent points at Lommel, but apart from that, all year he's kind of been in and out of the points, and that's kind of what he is now. And it's, it's just weird that it happened so fast, like in a blink of an eye. Yeah. Lommel results are weird because they give there are guys like Bobashev, Petrov, etc., who kind of use the sand to put a lot of points on the board. And it kind of then makes you forget about the rest of their season, especially when we had three races in a row. But, it kind of skews your, your vision, doesn't it? You know what? Dylan Walsh is only eight points behind Bob Rochef in the um, championship. Would, would you like to talk a little bit more about Dylan Walsh? Oh, no. Dylan Walsh should have that ride. Because well, you've been talking about Dylan Walsh quite a lot. That's not to say that... Um, Are you the manager? No, but that doesn't, that's not to say that um, Bobashev doesn't deserve a ride. But if I was the RFX team, I'd look at Dylan Walsh. Why not? But, be all right. Yeah, that'd that's, be a... that's even if the team's going to be running next year. Yeah, I don't know. Next question? Next question. At Phil White 192 if you had to choose a British MXON team right now, who'd you pick? Thanks, Lewis, for correcting James when he got my number wrong not the only thing you've got wrong recently so you probably don't remember that um i would definitely put ben on a 250 shock uh i'd 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 ignore ignoring all of the covid stuff and the fact that supercross is soon i'd bring max in on a 450 and then i'd probably put tommy on the other 450 okay okay uh no dean wilson oh yeah no well he's injured so i guess you can't really count him can you oh i guess yeah yeah, if it was now, then that would be, uh, yeah, right now. Have you got any thoughts? No, I would have gone with um, Wilson, but he's injured, so. What, what Wilson over? I would have probably gone Wilson over Tommy. Oh, Tommy listens to this. Oh, Tommy's going to hate you, and I don't blame him. Uh, well, I haven't got to make that choice, have I? Because uh, Wilson's injured, so I'd go with Tommy. Shit on Tommy time. Not really, he just thinks you're yep. all over Tommy. Bit of a lanky streak of piss, but there we go. Uh, Chris United one nine three. After last week's praise of the Yamaha Youth Program, what happened to Honda's effort with the one hundred and fifty series? It seems that only Weckman came through to MX two via EMX two hundred and fifty and one hundred and twenty five from that. Good point. Well, um, the last time they run it was twenty seventeen. Is that right? That seems like a long time ago. Uh Did they really? Yeah. It was funny. Jesus, it's been that long since that's disappeared. Jesus Christ. Um, they had yeah, so that, uh, Andrea Adamo, didn't they? Yeah, last, last time they won it was 2017 and Andrea Adamo won it. He's now doing decent in the MX250 with SM Action Yamaha. He's injured at the moment. But, yeah, but he was looking good before that. And he's even, he was even a wild card in MX2 uh, in Indonesia last year, so he's made a decent step. Uh, the year before was Weckman, Weckman. Uh, like... United mentioned, but Hacken Fredrickson was second. He's now made something of himself. Hacken Fredrickson was looking really, really good in EMX 250. Looking really good. Uh, Talvuku? Jorgen Matthias Talvuku? Or however you say it. He was 14th in, the, in EMX 150 that year, so he's kind of making something of himself in um, uh, EMX 250 now. He yep. signed the BT Jumbo Husqvarna Dutch team for next year so he's out of Britain um, uh, who else is on this list 
Uh, Ethan Lane, he was, he's now an EMX125 with Hitachi KTM fueled by Milwaukee. Uh, Lynn Volk, I'm pretty sure she's now doing WMX, unless there's someone with the same name as her. Uh, keep going back, because it's quite fun. Okay, there are no results for 2015. Wait, did that series only run for two years? Surely not. I thought it was three. Am I just... Wait, there's no results for it for 20... No, because there was a year that um, Albie Wilkie and Jack Bincliffe... And those, yeah, Jack, 2015, Jack Bincliffe was um, in it. But for some reason, the results aren't on MXGP. Okay. Oh, no, I found them. They're just under a different heading that year. Okay. Um, Jack Bincliffe... Is doing British stuff. Tim Edberg was third that year. He's been on the EMX 250 podium this year. Yep. Uh, Hack and Fredrickson again. Not really anyone else in this list. <laughs> oh, we'll ignore 2015 then. Um, let's keep the ball rolling. Let's keep the ball rolling. Um, Albie Wilkie, he's coming back to motocross next year. Where's, where did he go? I don't know. He's just coming back to motocross. Hmm. He's looking for sponsors. You want to? On that note, it's, it's, uh, uh, Mickey Eccles is um, back in motocross after taking a, a couple of years off. This is an international podcast, James. Well, just saying. Hello, Mickey. Um, I'm just trying to find out uh, Albie Wilkie's statement about coming back to motocross. Can we because... not? Can we just go with the 150? Oh, As okay, he just told me, it's British. It's, uh... yeah, yeah, but I just I, I thought people might find it entertaining. Oh. One rule for one. No, it made me laugh. <laughs> um, no, that's it. I'm done with 150s. Yeah, right, there's been cool. a few guys. Right, next few. question. Uh, Chris Matthews, was this year Crody's last real chance to win his 10th world championship? Big fan of this, but can't see him beating the other three riders if everyone is fit next year. I heard... The He's most, not fit. I heard the most craziest... Uh, theory in the world no don't even say it don't even say it it's okay. not even worth saying because you I don't even want that theory anywhere near MX Vice so you can start your own podcast with that theory because uh, don't worry anyone it's not a theory that's even remotely true it's just ridiculous it, and was, I don't it was the most here. ridiculous it was the most ridiculous theory of ridiculous theories yeah, which is created. why we don't even need to bring it up it's fine. It's pure entertainment. Pure no, entertainment. Embarrassment and the fact, and it shouldn't even be something that stayed in your brain because it's just an embarrassment. It's just so, funny. Next question. Actually, no, we never answered that question, oh, we did we? Didn't. Uh, Jesus. Um, oh, Crowley isn't healthy this year. So does that play into the, what if he's healthy next year as well? Uh, Prado guys are hurling will be tough for him to beat, but... Like, injuries have played against him this year, last year, and actually quite the last couple of years. So what if the injuries break his way next year and he's the one who stays healthy? So it's not out of the picture completely, but... Is it injuries at the moment, though, or is that just mistakes? No, his, well, his knee seems to be an ongoing problem. I believe he's over the shoulder now, but the knee just seems to be an ongoing thing. So... Like, I'm pretty sure he's still getting it drained regularly and stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that... I, will that even heal? I guess so, in the off-season. But, yeah, um, the, the window is definitely closing. Is it a no-go from this point on? No. But it's definitely not going to get any easier, no. No. No, I agree. And I've said it a few times, but, cool. Um, like, 
come in that close to get in your to get a match in the all time record, and if he doesn't do it, it might like it would sting a little bit, wouldn't it? It's got to be because this was a, a great opportunity. I know he wasn't happy after um, Lommel, like about anything that happened that week. He just didn't have a good time. Also, uh, do we want? To, I did this question with you not too long ago. Do you want to do it again? Uh, he's had ninety-one GP wins. Does he hit a hundred? Mm, I don't know. Can can you ever rule that guy out? The talent is unreal. Nine more again. If he if he gets close to that and ends with ninety-seven or something, oh, just so close to two massive things. But then that's not to discredit like ninety. If he ends up with ninety-seven GP wins and nine world titles, that's amazing. I'll so that. I would. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, so would I. Uh, right, okay. Uh, Callum McEwen. With a few of the big hitters out in MXGP class, is the MX2 class becoming more interesting and exciting to watch? Yeah, it will be in Trentino. Do, do you want to expand on that? Or, or... Well, I don't think there's much more to say. It's more of a yes or no answer, isn't it? Question it. Okay. Uh, Jamie Colebrook, do you think the MX5's podcast will ever get riders on the show by phone like the Pulp show does? Would be good to hear riders on the show. All right, let me take this one. I, this podcast will grow, will go forward in 2021. That is the plan, isn't it, James? Absolutely. Um, we're, I'm trying to figure out where to take it at the moment because next year we should have quite a few different podcasts running weekly on different things. So the MXY's podcast network will grow significantly. Um, I, will James be here next year on this show? We don't even know if he's going to be here week to week, so that's a problem. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I am very torn over the whole getting the riders on this show because, one, this show will then become like four hours, five hours, and James just is going to cry if that happens, aren't you, James? Yeah, I mean, I... I... You you've got to understand that I have I've not been diagnosed with ADHD, but there's a bloody good chance I've got it. So anything after twenty minutes, I, I start. You know, if there's ever a lapse in in stuff being done here, it's because I'm probably on my phone or you know thinking how many dust particles are in this room. Or and then another thing that we need to think is if if uh, we get riders on, I probably need to switch to be the host because obviously the host asks the majority of the questions and. Sometimes James falls asleep in front of a TV. So, yeah, let's that. let's be fair. It'll be more like uh, if there was a burning building, would you? And you could only carry one person out. Would you carry myself or Lewis? See, this is the thing. If we got riders on, James would just try to get the riders to rip the piss out of me. Because that would that would just be that would like that would be what you'd do, wouldn't it? Yeah, it happens in GP, so it, there's no reason why it wouldn't happen in the so can't really now that I now that I said it out loud, I'm not sure we can trust James with riders on the show. No. Um, no. Especially when like he starts saying some of his crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean we had Tommy on before and we've had Comrade, but that's yeah. been in well, the we studio. Have- we had Tommy on as a special thing, and you talked about how it was great to see Aguada back on the calendar, even though it had been there for like five years. So that's a little example. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly, at the moment, I'm making some a lot of plans to change website, fantasy game, podcast for next year. So if anyone has any thoughts or ideas like that, let me know because 
I'm in the process. 2021, I've got some plans that I really want to do some, take a thing way forward. So, And, and um, I'm not a permanent fixture. I'm just kind of like still filling in. I tell you what's on my mind at the moment. Is it? I if to make this, see, this is why James can't do with riders. Um, if, imagine how good this podcast would be if I moved to Belgium. But I'm not going to move to Belgium because I know if I say that, you're just going to now be on my case. But that might I've be the best. I've been saying it for a long time. You should be in the mecca of, of motocross, which is Belgium. Imagine if I had a one-bedroom apartment and then I'd, I'd just have mics set up in a, like I could, so many riders would just drop by for the, on a night. Well, maybe what about if you had a two-bedroom apartment and they stayed over? But, um, yeah, I don't, know. Activity. I don't know. There's a lot of things to think about because, like, we've even talked about me and James switching seats so that I become the host and he becomes a co-host, which would mean that James, because James just turns up and I give him material, like notes and stuff. So, obviously, if we switch seats, then he wouldn't have to do the prep, which would help him out and maybe make him happier on the podcast. So, yeah, we're just talking, we're thinking about a lot of things. We'll see what happens. In, we'll see where we go for 2021. But I have, we have big plans. Anything to add, James? Uh, yeah, we're just waiting for Lewis to grow some balls or for his balls to drop, uh, come out of PUB and actually be nice to me on this podcast. So that'd be quite nice. I didn't say anything bad there. You agreed with everything I said. No, I think, I still, I still think that um, uh, there's better people than me out there for the podcast. Um, so I think if, if, if we can get somebody who, who can do it, then I'm completely open to that. I'm not a, a fixed fixture, and unlike you. Um, so I, I'm just all for making it better. So if it's a case of handing the reins over to somebody else, then that, that's great. If It'd be great to get riders on. I'd love to get riders on. Um, I think that would, it would be a good thing. I've always talked about it. Um, so I don't know. I'm just open to – I just want this to be a really, really good podcast. Yeah, and that's what I basically in Lomo I gave James the ultimatum that if we're going to make changes, it has to be for January the first. Like, if James is still on the show the first week of January, he's then on it for the entire year. Like, he can't just disappear halfway through the year. So, um, yeah, we are. I am. Me and James are in negotiations about whether we will be renewing James's contracts for the podcast show. So, and I'm I'm happy either way. Um... So I'm happy to be here and rip the piss out of Lewis, or I am happy to go and sit by my computer and not be on a podcast show. So it makes no difference. So I think we should let the audience choose. The thing is, a lot of people like your laughs, but then I think sometimes they'd like less laughs mm. or opinions. Yeah, I, I don't know. But it all depends on your on on what kind of day you're having. Because last week you were really good. Yeah, and um, why was I good? Because um, we did it at night, so you would already ha- you've got everything out of the way in your day. Yes, yeah, it's, it's busy over here, buddy. I keep telling you, this is this is where everything's happening. You know, yeah, I'm Worthen, not doing anything with my time. There's not a lot going on in Worthing. No, I'm not doing anything with my time. I'm just just dossing about. I basically um, yeah. live in Midsummer Norton, which is the centre of the universe. But yeah, I am. Uh, we've got some. I've already got some stuff in the works. Like I say, new podcast next year. Uh, not all, obviously, not all with me and James. We looks like we're going to have some different podcasts with different people about different things. Um, I actually had a call just before this podcast about one of them. So yeah, 
I don't know. We'll see. The big things are coming for 2021. Lots of changes. We'll see if that's one of them. Okay. At Ryan MX Davis 19, any news on what the FNH team is for 2021? Have you heard any yeah, different? Exactly the same. Yeah. I said it. I said it on a previous show. Um, the way that FNH work, I can never see that being a team that just churns riders in and out nonstop. Uh, I think they're big on nurturing talent and giving everyone a fair shot and seeing what they can like Mikael Harrop is very much a diamond in the rough at the moment and I think they will take their time to try and get something out of that uh one question I've got is do you, do you see them bringing in another EMX 250 rider like they did with Rowan no nope you just think they're gonna stick no. to MX2 no because it um no they're now they they were they were originally an EMX 250 only team and made the transition into MX2, and now they now that Rowan is in MX2 as well, they have fully transitioned. So, cool. yeah, okay. How was Aki Arson to have someone? But, but no. Okay, at Henk Jan Lewis, what team does Gaultier Paulin ride for next year? Not a clue. It really is that it is at a point, isn't it? Whether he's only I heard two months ago, I heard. KRT was a possibility. I don't think that is anymore. And a month ago, I heard he was talking to Honda SR Moto Blues, which I'm not sure if I even believe. Because Paul, I can't imagine Paul Lamb pitting out of a little box fan. No. So I, I genuinely don't know. Whatever, if he came out and said he wasn't going to come back next year, I wouldn't be surprised. Anything else... If if he, if he comes out and says he's going to be on KRT, I also wouldn't be surprised because I'd be like, okay, KRT found the money and everything like okay that makes sense if he's on if he comes out and says i've signed for b level team next year i will be surprised yeah i I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up on krt but i wouldn't be surprised if he retired uh at chad.gibbs.free if there was only one gp i could go to what track would you recommend visiting oh that's a um, hard one because I would say Matterley. No, no. That's a great track. No, because it lacks a bit of atmosphere because it's so big and everything, I think. I don't know. The race is always good. I don't, is it? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I sometimes get a bit down on Matterley because it's up the road and I like to go, like, so it just feels like a... Oh, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say frigging Latvia because you like Latvia. No. No, because he says track. He doesn't say, like, overall experience. Exactly. Name a better track than Matterley. No, but I'm still thinking you about, like... contradicting a... yourself. No, I'm still thinking, because like, I'm not talking about the restaurants and the, the life outside. No, but I'm thinking... you're talking about track, and you can't get a better track than Matterley. I'm thinking you can get a better atmosphere at a track. But he's not asking for atmosphere. I think he... Yeah, but that would kind of go into the track, wouldn't it? Because it's part of the track, what the track has to offer. If there was only one GP I could go to, what track... Would you recommend visiting what track? I would, if you're a first-time GP person and you want to soak up the rawest GP experience possible, then St. John or Ernay. Oh, true, yeah. Because there you get the atmosphere, you get everyone crammed into a small space, uh, you get just air horns and smoke bombs and people dressed up and everything. Yeah, you even get to see goats painted, red, white, and blue. Yeah, whereas on least British fans are a bit subdued nowadays. Like You don't really get smoke bombs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, probably if you're going to go to St. John or, or Erne, probably make sure you don't stay in the campsite. Probably 
stay in a hotel because I've seen uh, cars driven through tents before. Maybe one time I should stay in a campsite and I should document it. And they see if they I would burn you. You would get yeah, burned alive. See if you get just lit know. up, literally lit up. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I would pay you to stay in the campsite. All right. You're going to do it? Actually, Majora as well. That would be, because that's back. We forget that's back because yeah. we're meant to be this year and it's kind of been forgotten about, isn't it? Such an amazing track. Great venue. Yeah, really cool. You even get to see World Tortoises, which is pretty cool. Yeah, Trentino. Nah, not really the track. and No, I wouldn't say Trentino. But yeah, that's cool. Trentino is nice if you want to have a little holiday. Take the wife. Go to Lake Garda. You tick a few boxes. Leave the wife at Lake Garda while you go and watch a racing. Well, you've just contradicted yourself because that's exactly what I say about that. Oh, whatever. Fuck off. Um, at Tom Cumber 22 any news on any Americans coming over next year? Also, any news on Sidow next year? Didn't we hear that Mumford was talking to teams? Uh, not, I don't think it was ever anything proper. I just heard that some team. No, I didn't even hear that he was talking to teams. I just heard that some teams were interested. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen now. It doesn't sound right. So no, I don't think there'll be any Americans next year, which is a great shame. So, do, so am I right in thinking that Makarov, Savachi, these riders of pretty much going to go to Moto Concepts in, in other teams? There's, there's no like American riders sort of uh, left wanting for rides. No, well, and yeah, no, no, there will be no Americans next year. I don't think, which is a shame. I'll tell you what. Also, on that note. Um, Ben getting a GP win made me think. A great shame that Sanai never got a podium or a win because he was more than fast enough. His last season just got ruined, but he should have, like, I just randomly thought, like, what a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think you ever see him back in Europe on a 450? Nah. That's like the Suzuki rumour, isn't it? Like everyone talks about Osborne. Oh, yeah, he'll come back one day. And then finally he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Do you, do you think he kind of looked at Covington and just thought, no, I'm not going to do that now? I don't think that's relevant at all. I don't know. Right. I think we're done, aren't we? Um, Supercross schedule's out. Oh. Uh, that was a turn up for the books. Did not see that one coming. That's because you don't follow the sport. <laughs> <laughs> Prick. <laughs> um, a lot of Texas. A lot of Texas. I can confirm that at the moment, flights from LAX to Texas are forty-two pounds. I've got to be honest. When they announced Texas, I'm I'm in. I'm in. I really want oh. to go to Austin. <laughs> well, good thing that the ra- the race isn't in Austin then. <laughs> yeah, but I thought I could get at Austin while you go racing. So, so actually, there being a race in Texas means nothing. You just want a trip to Texas. Yeah. Absolutely. What's in Austin for you to see? Just a cool place. Just a cool city. Yeah, but is it, how is it different to Houston? Uh, I don't know, but Austin's supposed to be a good place with good people. Oh, well, that's all of America, really. Pretty chilled out, really good tech community. Uh, they run South by Southwest there. Well, Real I am... My plans to try and get over are very much underway. And you know what? If GPs don't start until April next year, 
maybe I get maybe I squeak a full season in. I think that's a great idea. I, I think you should just go over there. I do like Supercross. I'm I'm not going to lie. Quite excited about Supercross already. It's early. What did you do? It? I think you should. Well, I've got a, well. The borders need to open first. No, uh, you can sneak in. They can get Mexicans in. You'll be fine. Um, we'll send you to Mexico for a couple of weeks. See if you can find a little tunnel. No, that is actually the thing. If you go and quarantine in Mexico for two, no, not even quarantine. If you go on, if you fly from Europe to Mexico for two weeks and then fly from Mexico to America, apparently that way you don't you're allowed in. I'm telling you, you go that little moustache again, and you know El Diablo's back. All right. Now I'm, I am, um, yeah. Hopefully, I can get over because I very much like Supercross. I like seeing the American people, American friends, like catching up with everyone. So, um, hopefully, I get over to America because otherwise, this podcast will go downhill quite fast because I will be very sad. Yep, and we don't want the sad Lewis. No, no one wants that. Right. Okay. That's great. Nice to speak to you, Lewis. Big thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe. Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, and of course, the fantastic Talon Engineering. That was episode 49 of the MX Vice podcast show. We are out. Say bye, Lewis. See ya. You are listening to the MX Vice show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show. Show.